1950s Science Fiction Podcast, Season 1, Episode 8, Short Story Review, Shrill, and The Girl in the Golden Correction, The Girl in 214. Hello and welcome once again to the podcast. Today I will be discussing two short stories from two different pulp magazines. First up is the story Shrill, wrote by award-winning science fiction author James E. Again, first published in the Worlds of If magazine in April of 1955. The next story is The Girl in 214 by Dick Purcell, first published in Fantastic Science Fiction, August of 1955. This will be the first time I've read these stories, and they have been an interest to me for a long time. In the meantime, I hope you have enjoyed listening to my podcast and find the material of interest. For each show, I do try to alternate the different media I tend to discuss. I have, I'm still working on building a better quality show, and any comments and suggestions would be appreciated. <clears throat> Please feel free to express your thoughts about my podcast and comments section wherever it's posted. The podcast can be followed on so on social media. Follow me on Twitter at Edward German 3, that's capital E, lowercase d, w, a, r, d, capital G, lowercase g, e, r, m, a, n, 3. Email u, t, c, g, r, a, d, 97 at gmail.com. That's utcgrad97gmail.com. The show is also now on WordPress. At the WordPress site, I've been posting updates and progress of my podcast to help keep my listeners informed. Just look for the 1950s science fiction podcast.wordpress.com. I look forward to hearing from my listeners. Shrill. I got interested in this story from the cover of the magazine itself. The cover of the 19, April 1955 issue of If depicts a rocket ship ascending into the Earth's atmosphere. At the corner is the story title with the inscription, The Fate of the World Depends on a Crooked Pair of Dice. The description got me interested in the story and I finally got around to reading it my surprise, it was different than what I thought it would be. The story is set sometime in the not-too-distant future in which aliens have made contact with Earth, but look down on humanity as being primitive and brutal. Moreover, the aliens have put a force field around the planet, just thus restricting Earth's ability to explore other worlds. The Galactic Council will lift the barrier once they deem humanity fit enough for membership, but in the meantime, the Earth is still subject to inspections, but every 50 years or so, the, collect, the Council sends an examiner to expect man's progress. It's during one of the, it is during one of these inspections that we meet up with the protagonist, Vader Martin, who is a shrill. A shrill is a gambler who is a type of frontman, sometimes referred to as the banker. The shrill stimulates action by having others follow his example. 
he has a meeting with the Galactic Examiner and explains that the progress humanity has made. He takes him on a tour of a local town and they stop over at two distinct places. First is an, ele first is an elementary school and a court of law. Then a court of law, I'm sorry. <laughs> at the elementary school, we see school children playing marbles by making bets on who wins. Martin explains to the examiner that all coursework in schools pertains to the art of gambling. Later they, visit, later, they visit a courthouse and observe a judge imposing a sentence on a person caught cheating. The judge uses the judge uses a pair of dice to determine the defendant's fate. Well, what's this all about? The aliens have created a type of nanny state in which human needs are taken care of by the aliens. There is no poverty, no need to work, no war or conflict among nations. However, there is still a need for competition of some kind. Therefore, humans need to do something, so the art of gambling was chosen as a major occupation in life. Darth explains the need for this throughout the story with passages about the history of gambling and human nature. The, the, aliens, the aliens accept the gambling culture of humans but do dislike cheating. They say humans are flawed and can't be allowed out of the solar system. Fader tries everything to convince the galactic examiner that humanity is ready and it even tries to question the reasoning behind their isolation of Earth, but to no avail. Now it comes down to one final test, and everything rests on the shoulders of Fader Martin. Can he break the yoke of the aliens, or does he fail? Well, I'd like you, the listener, to read the story for him or herself. I really enjoyed reading this story. I originally thought it would be a space opera, but it was set here on Earth. Shrill was a thinking person's story. No action, no violence, and some subdued conflict. It was an easy read with just under 40 pages, equal to a long chapter in a novel. I did like the conversations between Fader and Examiner, Fader being very informal, contrasted to the Examiner's arrogance. This does make for a good debate between the two characters. The author makes good use of his background in anthropology throughout the story and keeps the reader informed of human history and culture in various passages. Overall, it's an easy read. If you want to read the story for yourself, it's an easy find. I discovered it in the Internet Archive. Just go to archive.org and look for it. Look for the If Magazine section. There's a special section devoted to these issues. You can download, download it for free in various formats or just read it online. As for myself, I downloaded the issue and read it on my smart tablet using an Adobe Acrobatic Reader app. The Girl in 214 Now for the second story, The Girl in 214. This story appeared in the August 1955 issue of Fantastic Science Fiction and was also the cover story. Just like with the previous story, the cover art got me interested in reading the magazine. The cover depicts a robot ready to strike a metal hammer against a wooden uh, crash against a glass tube, while inside the tube is a figure of a woman. 
This story is written by author Dick Purcell. I've not found much information on him, but the magazine does have a short bio of him published before the story. The bio says that he lives in New York, and his father owns a restaurant, and his mother was a housewife. Mr. Purcell never went to college, but decided to take a chance at being a writer. After a submission to Zip Davis Publishing, his very first story was printed. The story is a cross between a Scooby-Doo mystery and a mad scientist horror story. The story starts with its protagonist, Arthur, trying to, trying to decide what to do on a Saturday. He is inside a drugstore getting a drink while deciding on what to do. However, to his surprise, he sees a very attractive young lady sit down at the bar stool at the soda fountain. Now, this would be not be unusual except for the fact the young lady is nude. Arthur can't believe his eyes. He is sitting there looking at this girl, but no one no one else is making any comments. He asks his friend at the bar if he sees her, but he says no. Arthur watches the girl watches as the girl gets up and walks out the door and passes by pedestrians, including a police officer, yet no one sees her. During the next day, while at school, the world the word gets around in regards to what he had witnessed. Everyone at school teases him and even his best friend even his best friends gets doubtful of the event. Arthur's new teacher hears about the incident and asks if he could come to his home and discuss the, the event in more detail. Later that evening, Arthur and his friend go to the teacher's house and get invited inside. Arthur's friend is very curious about the place because of rumors of robots lurking around in the basement. He wants to see this for himself, but much to his surprise, he finds one of the teachers finds finds a robot in one of the teachers' laboratory. As it turns out, the teacher is also a foreign scientist who was given refugee status after World War II. He's been conducting experiments in atomic power and robots as well. He assures that there's nothing to fear about the robot, that it's just experimental. During this time, he examines Arthur's eyeglasses and dismisses Arthur's incident as just an hallucination. However, Arthur can still see the girl as plain as day standing next to the teacher, although his friend doesn't see her. Arthur is still suspicious about his new teacher. So the following day, he sneaks into the school and looks at his file. He sees there's no mention of a family, but he knows he saw some family photos in, in the teacher's home. So he decides to inform the FBI about his concerns and even talks to a G-man in person. The agent tells him not to worry and they will look into it. Well, Arthur is not satisfied with this, so he and two other friends sneak into the teacher's house at night, only to find the horrors that await. Well, I'm not going to say any more about the story. I'd like for you to read it for yourself. It does have a climatic ending, but a bit tragic as well. I enjoyed reading the story for its thematic elements, and it was an easy read. I could relate to this protagonist and his personality type. 
Arthur was by no means a loner, but was very mild-mannered and not afraid to take risk. The story is very much a product of its time, with its mention of atomic power and foreign spies. It was the start of the Cold War between the U.S. and the USSR, and atomic power was on the cutting edge of science at the time. The story appeals to the adolescent reader as well, with its teenage detective sneaking into a house like the Hardy Boys or Nancy Drew novels. If you're interested in reading this story, you can download it for free at this website, luminist.org. It's spelled L-U-M-I-N-I-S-T dot O-R-G. Just scroll down to the letter F and look for the word fantastic, just the word only. There you'll find not only that issue, but many other issues as well including other sci-fi magazine titles from the period. It's worth checking out. Well, this concludes another show for today. I hope you've listened to the end and enjoyed my material. I do plan to do more short fiction reviews in the future and novels as well. However, all my shows do take time and I'm not as able to publish and I'm not able to publish very fast. So I do ask all my listeners for their patience and I hope to have another show on the feed soon.